Disclaimer. The ideas and views discussed on the show should be considered opinion and not individual medical advice. Though Dr. Tim is board certified and licensed, every human is different, and without individual assessment, concepts and ideas cannot be directly applied with the guarantee of success. Please consult your personal physician or fitness coach before making any changes. Thank you. Welcome back to a thrilling Both Sides of Fit today. <laughs> it's got to be thrilling. I've, I've, I've caught up on my housework. It's got to be thrilling. It's going to be fun, at least. <laughs> It'll, it's it's going to be interesting. Um... It's going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Jasmine. And I'm Dr. Tim. And we've got stretching and mobility today. Um, why don't you start us off? Um. That works. I mean, mobility is kind of a, again, it, it's a it's a broader category that in, it can be used a couple different ways, but it's really your, most people are going to refer to it in the fitness world as uh, similar to flexibility. It's kind of the amount of range of motion you can move your body through and in any given movements, your mobility is, um, a lot of times it kind of gets lumped in with flexibility, which is a little different, but um, for the jumping off point, that's that's close enough. Um, mobility is really how far you can move in any direction with a certain part of your body, certain joint, etc. So, and we were we were kind of going to do a truth or myth with this, but we decided not to. I think, and just uh, it's come up in a few of them that, uh, yeah, we had some differing opinions on stretching. So. I mean, I don't. <laughs> let's, let, let's just start there. That's probably the biggest difference of opinion. I usually roll my eyes when it's like, we're going to start stretching. <laughs> well, and it's kind of one of those things that is stretching in particular is the thoughts on it have evolved over the years and, you know, that your your flexibility was protective from injury and you know if you if you didn't want to pull a hamstring you had to stretch first and that just kind of was always the the prevailing theory and not really true um, right um, of the of the things that can be uh reduce your injury risk flexibility is probably actually pretty low on the list i mean all the stuff we've talked about in the past you know having your workload and your recovery managed um being strong enough to do what you're doing not not attempting movements that you're not uh, capable of doing. But if you force yourself into a range of motion that you don't have, yes, you can absolutely injure yourself. And that's um, where that comes in. But a lot of times stretching was looked at as a, as a warm up, and you, you absolutely should warm up, um, especially, you know, before you do anything faster, dynamic or heavy, but in general, like the old school kind of slow static stretching, uh, hold for 30 to 60 seconds, move on to the next body part. Um, that's not necessarily the greatest warm up. It does, again, there was some research done on that that said it actually uh, decreased your your power output. Um, and and that, that study had a couple of flaws in it, but basically said it's not the greatest warm up. If anything, if you want to do slow static stretching, 
Um, you can do it after your workout. You can do it before your workout, but it's not the best way to get warmed up and it's not going to make or break your injury risk really. So no, just do it when your back is stiff and you've tried to do a million other things already and you're just figuring maybe now's the time to do it. That that's usually the best time, right? No. Okay. Honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of nailed that one. Um <laughs> do stretching when it's gonna when it feels good to you and and do the stretches that feel good to you. I mean, a lot of times you run into people with just chronically tight i mean hamstrings is probably the example that most people are familiar with you know you you bend forward and you feel tightness in the back of your legs your hamstrings are tight um there's a couple different reasons that can be but people would just like oh i just i have tight hamstrings i was born that way and i will always be that way so i have to stretch my hamstrings every day I'm like well are they are they getting any better like what does that do well they're tight so i have to stretch them but are they getting any less tight when you stretch? No, not really. Okay, well, but that's why I have to stretch. But but you don't really have to if it's not making things any better. Um, right. I mean, if it's not like cracking every like other bone in my body, I don't feel like it's necessary. I mean, again, chiropractor, fun time. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of times what people are going to, they're going for with a stretch is they want, they want to feel a stretch. It feels good. Um, and there, you can absolutely do it for that reason. That's probably the best reason to do it, honestly. Um, like for recovery, people do stretching. They do foam rolling and that. Um, it, it makes you feel better because you're you're moving, essentially. And the same with um, why it helps you, you know, why foam rolling and stretching and, you know, light yoga and things like that are good recovery from uh, more intense higher intensity activities is because you're you're just kind of moving your body and it allows it to again we won't we won't demonize the lactic acid but it lets your body kind of move around waste byproducts that come from um high intensity exercise that it kind of dumps into your muscles and you want to just kind of push those around move them out you don't want you you create low level injuries muscle muscle tears at the microscopic level and you have inflammation as a byproduct of that and so just letting it sit there isn't the greatest you need to move it around and moving your body heats up the tissues a little bit i mean that's why any kind of warming up that works for you is you need to warm up and that's really that tends to take the place of of static stretching um in terms of actually increasing your flexibility that's a whole other conversation i would think uh uh, at least anybody that does like yoga or all that would probably be better like um i don't know better suited for mobility training or if it's like better uh has a better understanding of like that those deeper stretches or i might be wrong who knows no i I think that actually kind of was a was a point i wanted to get into um you're on fire look at me reading your mind oh i'm on fire i like it (laughs) not not derailing at all so far it's and you know what i'm actually gonna start trying i'll try to derail it go go forth and conquer maybe maybe don't um well to um, be but... fair it's also the first time in oh like ever that we're we're recording midday so <laughs> that might help with the not derailing you seem a little more lively i don't know just more awake <laughs> potato potato anyway yoga <laughs> kind of what you'll you'll find is you know 
a lot of times people who do yoga tend to be pretty flexible people. Um, not all of them, obviously, but just like people who tend to, in general, in, in fitness and exercise or just activities in life, people like to do stuff that they're good at. People don't necessarily like to do stuff they suck at. Although if you try something new, you probably suck in the beginning. But um, people who are bendy like to do bendy things. People who are strong like to lift heavy things. People who are fast like to, you know, run and do that, those kind of things. Um, oh, running. <laughs> I will say it every are. single time. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, actually, I've worked with uh, quite a few people who are you know, you want to call it double jointed, don't, don't call it that, uh, hypermobile, um, or just kind of people who are generally pretty flexible and bendy They're at a certain point, it can become pathological. There, there are certain conditions where you have a, a hypermobility syndrome. That's actually a little dangerous to you. If you don't, if you don't control your, your body well and don't stay strong. Um, I was going to say, I, I am one of those people that are considered hypermobile, uh, but not like to an extreme point. <laughs> so yeah, not, a, fun. not pathologically hypermobile, but you're pretty, no, you're no, pretty no. all those hips and knees. And no, but I do crack everywhere yes, too. That's part of it. Um, that's always the fun part. But those are often, obviously, again, you, you are the, the outlier here, but those are the people who like to stretch or the people that feel tight and to say, uh, you know, I there's either people who there's two kinds of people who stretch their hamstrings all the time. There's one that they do it and they don't get very far and they just look tight and they are tight. And they're like, I have to keep doing this because it feels tight. Then there's the other kind of people who are bendy people who like the stretch, but they can't really get the stretch. They're literally like, butt on a yoga block, both feet behind their head, knees locked out. And they're like, maybe if I, they must have a very interesting life. Let's... I'm just leaving it there. I'm leaving it there. That has other applications, but, um, but those are the people who are just like, I don't feel the stretch. And I'm like, okay, if you have to do all of those things to fit, but they, but they feel tight. And that's the thing. Mm. Like, My hamstrings always feel tight, but I have to, you know, line up 87 things in order to feel a stretch in them then that's a really hard conversation to have with these people but i'm like you're you're not tight like literally you lay on your back you know that that standard hamstring test you lay on your back straighten your knee and lift your leg up clinically if you can get that to like 70 degrees or i can lift your leg to 90 degrees you're not you're, you're within normal limits for flexibility and then there's people you know you do that and like they're their toes are in their face and they're like, yeah, but I need to stretch it because it feels tight. Well, I don't know what the, it's, it might be tight because here's the, here's the secret. Tight is a sensation. It's not a thing. It feels tight. A muscle can be short, but it, it can be not short. The muscle can actually be lengthened and this is getting deep into clinical stuff, but, um, it's not tight. <laughs> if you can put your head between your shins, your hamstring are not tight. I'm trying so hard. I really am. Please don't. I can't. I can't. I'm just gonna ride this out. God, God. I can't. I can't. You're just. I, I'm awake, but I'm also.
also dirty minded. I'm sorry. No, I, I understand. You're talking about exactly how it's nice and tight. This. He was not. <laughs> I'm, I'll probably edit it out. I'm sorry. I'll wait till you're done then. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you, though? You know what? Time will tell. <laughs> Fair enough. So a lot of times when people are stretching and what you're actually doing is is the sensation of stretch gets harder and harder to find. And that sensation of tightness becomes more and more prominent because what you're actually doing is you're increasing your, your flexibility, but not your mobility. And that's, you know, if you can grab your, I mean, we'll, we'll pick a different example for one because it's a little easier for people to picture, but your, your standard like quadricep stretch where you're standing, you grab your ankle and you pull your heel to your butt, you stretch out the front of your leg. That is, that's a passive stretch. That's flexibility. You are pulling your body into that position. Now, there's always a little bit of a gap there between the passive range of motion and the active. Most people that can pull their heel to their butt with their hand, they can't just pick up their leg and bend it that far. They, so they have, they have flexibility that they do not have control over. Is that tracking? I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it, it tracks. I'm just it more when, like, full disclosure, when you get into these examples, usually I'm like, can I do that? Like, that's usually what the look that's on my face, because you always think I'm confused. There's there's a definite look on your face, and I'm using you as... You always think that I'm confused, and it's more that I'm just thinking, like, can I do that? Yeah, and then my I'm eyebrows are very using you as the, so I'm sorry. the audience barometer, so I'm... Mm. But that's... I mean, the technical term is called a motor gap between how far you can passively move a joint and stretch a muscle and how much you can do it actively. And the bigger that gap is, that is actually an increased risk for injury because you've created a lot of motion that you don't own. You don't have muscular control of that range of motion. So if you find yourself in that gap somewhere in that, you know, 10, 20, 50 degrees of range of motion, that your body possesses, but you don't have strength in, that's where, you know, somebody bottoms out in a squat and hurts their knee or that kind of thing where you're, you... mm -hmm. I'm always a, uh, the, I don't know what the word is. I, there, there, that's a normal state of mind for me, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I am one of those people that, um, usually my biggest, you know, handicap is that I'll have more stretch in one side than the other. So like, and you know, when we were working on push-ups, this was a big thing. Like I have more mobility in my sure. one wrist that versus the other, or even like, uh, um, you know, with squats, usually my right leg will have more, um, you know, mobility and or strength than uh, my left. And I don't know if it's just because I'm right hand well, dominant, but. I mean, know. most people are asymmetrical to some degree. I mean, there's this kind of thought that we should chase a perfectly symmetrical body that moves evenly perfectly on both sides it's very rare to see um, you shouldn't have massive differences in that show up in movements that you do a lot but a lot of people yeah you're 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 dominant on one side a lot of people have done repetitive things in the past repetitive jobs that, that allow you to you know re, like I, I work with somebody who worked at a in a factory on like a conveyor belt and he just turned to the right all day long. And that was, he would just feed boxes all day long. Mm. And because of the way he did that, like his left leg, his left 
glute was much more developed. It just was because he pushed off that leg all it's and, and a unilateral sport like boxing or kickboxing. If you're not somebody who switches your stance a lot, you're going to develop asymmetries, but there's lots of way to have, I mean, driving is a really big one for most people. Um, you can pick up some little things from, you know, driving's not a symmetrical task. And so those, yeah, like tanning on one side of your hand, uh, your face, there's actually a point where, you know, stretching and trying to increase your flexibility, people are just doing a lot of passive stretching or static stretching. They used to do it a lot, like in the martial arts world, they'd, you know, try to, and gymnasts and a lot of uh, youth sports, they'd force people into um, the splits and things like that. And they'd really try to force that, that flexibility without developing control of it and cheerleading. As somebody who was in cheerleading, yes. (laughs) You couldn't tell now, but yeah. Dude, that was one of the things. As a kid, I don't know, maybe if it was in, like, just the 90s or, like, was, yeah, it was 90s, early 2000s, where it was like, oh, oh, you just sit there and stretch it until you feel, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, dislocation, but they're like, till you feel a pop, and then you'll be able to do the splits. I'm, like, now 90% sure it was just dislocation, but that was something that, like... (laughs) I'm, like, 90% sure, because that was, like, you would sit there, you know... um, you know, the other person, you'd have your feet on their thighs and then just pull until they were there. You know, this, this straddle stretch, yeah. They, uh, the the horrified look on my face that the audience cannot see. It was horrific. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, something uh, kids slash teenagers or preteens think now. I hope that because they have access to the internet, they don't think this <laughs> this is the thing. But, yeah, when I was younger, that used to be, like the the thought that uh if you would pull and stretch enough you'd be able to do that movement so no i mean it was only a, a handful of years ago that i worked with uh she's a youth athlete she was probably 12 or 13 again it's like i've got to i've got to get my splits and then like not everybody is built for the splits yeah not and, me well and that's <laughs> And that's where you run into, I mean, another, another example, this is somebody who's created, um, flexibility that either, you know, their body didn't have naturally. It was, it was not necessarily meant to have, which is okay. As long as you're using that range of motion regularly and you're having good control of it and you're staying strong there. Those are also that, again, I, it's a little bit of a stereotype, but I've seen it a bunch of times. You see, um, gymnasts and cheerleaders and, figure skaters and and all these these things that require a lot of flexibility and and i'll i'll see these former former gymnasts is by far the biggest one and you'll see them in their 50s and 60s and now they are just in tons of pain because they've created this hypermobility or they already had it and then they just stopped doing their sport when they graduated high school or college or you know just stopped doing it and didn't maintain their strength at which point um, you're left with all of this motion and really bad control of it. And that, that's when you really leave yourself open to a lot of injuries. And that's, that's also kind of the, the new school thought on how to actually increase your flexibility is uh, full range of motion, strength training, essentially. Um, it seems than at least from what you're saying, uh, from mm-hmm. what you're saying that like, uh, um, with 
with flexibility with stretching it's one of the few things and i think we talked about this like um last episode when we we're talking about uh, um you know things that like you can see in old age or see after you've done for a long time like i think we brought up the example of, like football players that haven't been that have been out of the game for forever in a day like you can still tell that they that was what they did versus like if it's ex-gymnast a ex-cheerleaders or whatever like that doesn't necessarily like translate the same <laughs> i mean you can you can definitely still like you can spot a ballet dancer from or i can from a mile away that hasn't done it in 20 years because they just they really just drill certain postures and positions over and over and over and they their body never really leaves that like they they want to walk on their toes. They want to arch their back. They want to, you know, have a have a long neck. If I mean, I don't know of a better way to describe it, but there's there's certain positions in in dance and gymnastics, and and that kind of applies to a lot of other sports and activities. But those are ones that are just. I feel like most people would kind of be like, "Oh, I kind of see what you mean there," um, and they tend to just live in that position, and so they they lose flexibility in the other direction a lot of times. Um, I think, I think, yeah, ballet dancers, you can kind of tell when somebody's been done it for years. Like, even like if you like watch t uh, like, uh, um, not TV, but uh, YouTube videos of like old, uh, older um, ballet dancers, you can kind of tell that they used to do it for a long time. I, d I just oh, yeah. don't see it usually sometimes with not gymnasts or, I mean, then again, that's probably just me. I can well, barely I mean, it... tell how old I am. So. <laughs> throw that out there people i mean their your body will fit your fit itself to the demand of your sport like 10 15 years of boxing and kickboxing the the amount of rotation in my left hip and my right hip is is hugely different because you've got a front leg and a back leg and you kick one way with the front leg and one way with the back leg and kind of the same with you know my shoulders There's a lot of excessive uh i mean not everybody's going to understand what I'm saying, but there's an excessive amount of internal rotation in my right shoulder because of that was my, my rear hand in boxing. And you have to turn that punch over, over a longer distance. So every time you throw that punch, you're turning it in and over. So throwing your hand back, is, I guess is the, the example I'm can, I can see in my brain when you're, when you're saying that, like rotating your shoulder back for, for that punch. No. It's wrong? actually, as you as you bring the punch forward, again, I'll do this on the screen. No one will see it, but, yeah. but you're kind of turning this arm in a corkscrew motion as you throw the punch. I think somebody gave an example of uh, pouring a cup out. A couple thousand times. So yes. it's, uh, th that, that's the rotation. Like anybody that's uh, um, ever punched, when you're throwing um, your right hand forward, you are basically, as you're throwing it, pouring out a cup of water or pouring out a bottle um, just for visual sake. <laughs> yes. But the other part of that is it gets a little way from mobility, but it kind of is part of it because mobility is, it's a use it or lose it kind of thing. If you never rotate your shoulder the other way, you kind of start to, to lose the ability to do that. And that was something when, when I started CrossFit, there's a lot of barbell movements where you're, you're, you're rapidly pushing a barbell overhead you're, and, and you literally with both hands punch the barbell up to lock it out over your head quickly. 
and my brain decided that every time we punch, I'm going to twist this shoulder inward. And that, that was a lot of difficulty to kind of unlearn that, that movement pattern because you actually need to, with a barbell, you need to rotate your shoulder in the other direction. Otherwise your shoulder collapses and it's hard to hold the weight up there. So, hmm. but I also had to develop some motion going the other way because again you you use it or lose it that's why you have you know different amount of rotation in your hips or again people that perform a job where you only turn one one way you have them actually look at their their low back and their middle back and you say how far can you rotate to your left and how far can you rotate to your right and it's a huge difference and like that that guy who had the factory job he he rotated his body to the right for eight hours a day for 10 years you ask him to rotate to the left and he just, you know, wasn't much there. And if you don't do anything outside of those activities, you don't notice that until somebody assesses you or, or you go to do something where you do it. And that's where, that's where people get hurt again. It's a movement you're unprepared for. He had to throw something or catch something or real suddenly. And he twisted his body to the left and his body literally didn't have the ability to do that because he hadn't done it in 10 years and it caught him uh, unprepared. So if I guess we'll eventually move on to like the mobility part of it, but, um, Mm -hmm. if you, I was going to say there should be always be like a top five, like stretches that somebody does, like whether it's like in their everyday life or, um, for before work, like, what would you like? I mean, I know my at least top three that I always do, but what would you recommend as like the top three, four for anybody else. And so that again is, it's a little person dependent because what you really want to do flexibility wise is you want to reverse yourself out of the positions you spend a lot of time. The best example of that is most people have jobs where they sit a ton. Your, your head's forward, your shoulders, especially if you're working on a computer, your head and shoulders are forward. You're kind of slumped. Your, your hips are flexed, your knees are flexed, you're kind of in this crunched forward position. So that's, I mean, kind of the, the low-hanging fruit there is you want to stretch out your, your hip flexors. You want to stretch the front of your hips. You want to stretch out your chest and shoulders. You want to, you know, bring your arms back like you're opening up for a gigantic hug kind of thing. I mean, you, you want to you reverse whatever position you're in. I mean, if your shoulders are kind of turned in all day, which... Uh, anybody who's listening to this, you kind of just put your arms up like you're about to type on a computer. Your shoulders are rotated inward right now. And from that same position, Jasmine, you do it too. Otherwise I'm the what? only one. No, no, no. I'm not, no, I'm just thinking cause, cause usually the stretch I usually do to combat that is, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, if you find the nearest wall and I'm like, again, this might just be me being too much, but <laughs> find the nearest wall and like cross my hand backwards and just kind of rotate away from my arm. So it's stretching outward. Uh, no, I don't perfect. know the name of it. So I don't know the name of the stretch. That was honestly the, the, the every once in a while I get this like very, like I said, confused or like thinking and he think he thinks I'm confused. <laughs> but yeah, usually putting your arm completely straight um, and rotating it back and using the wall as resistance is what I usually do. And then I end up getting a nice pop out of that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's don't know the a... name of stretches. It's a pec stretch. It's for, it's for your chest and the front of your shoulder. And that's a, I mean, there's, there's a couple different ways to do it. You can put your, your, you kind of hold your hands up like a, like a goal post 
Um, your elbows and shoulders are at about 90 degrees here, and you can put them on the frame of a doorway and lean through. You can put them in a corner in a room and kind of step through. Um, anything that opens up the front side of your body for someone who sits is probably the best way to go. Um, mm -hmm. Our, our mid-back, uh, our thoracic spine, which is pretty much anywhere you have ribs, just tends to get kind of rounded over. Um, and so anything you can do to extend that, whether that's laying back over a foam roller or, you know, over over the back of a couch or the end of the bed or a bench in the gym, <laughs> do you, you remember... usually get some good pops with that. No, I was going to say, do you remember like in school, like you'd have the like one, like one complete desk and how everybody would just pop their, like pop over that. No, just push back into yeah, the, the plastic chair. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you look back and it's like, those were the best, like the best stretches and the best pops you got. <laughs> God, I miss those Same chairs every that. once in a while. <laughs> and it would feel so good because, you you know, you'd spend the other, I don't I even know how long a school day is anymore, but you'd spend 12. the other. Feels like 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I have a bit of a rant. It has nothing to do with what this topic episode is. Um, I'm I... setting a timer, but go. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, so nowadays in school like i i don't know about you because you would again you went to school in minnesota but here in washington you used to start school at like seven o'clock in the morning nowadays yep. they have like laws and rules that they don't start school until like nine o'clock my son's school starts like a late start every monday and i'm like where was this when I was in school? Where was this when like I needed the sleep, when you needed the sleep, when everybody didn't like want to go to school at butt crack ass early in the morning? Just, ah, anyway. No, I remember anyway. that we'd get to, that was a pretty good time on that actually. Ooh. You'd get to like your homeroom and everyone would have their head on the desk sleeping. Which again. That's, that's that slump position, so you want to try to get back out of that. So, Kids today don't understand. The, they don't. They're soft. They are. Oh, my God. They are. You know what? Again, another mini rant. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm going to extend this really long, but here's the thing. My son comes up to me literally a couple days ago, and he goes, my TV, he has a TV in his room, which, again, in the 90s, you never would have had. But he has a TV in his room, and he goes, my TV is glitchy. I need a new one. And I said, I grew up with a Sega, a Dreamcast, a you don't know what glitchy is when you have to press start and off and start and off and try and blow that thing. Like, <laughs> did you I'm just sorry. do the Nintendo cartridge? Yes, blow? I did. We're aging ourselves. Go on, sorry. You got that out of your system? For now. Okay. Now someone who stands all day, they're you know, they're in a in a more of an arched position. They're in, in an upright position. Um, they're probably people aren't squeezing their abs all day, so your back's in a in a bigger arch, you're kind of relaxed, you're you're hanging out on the front of your hips. Um, the term for it, you just kind of, they call it a sway back or something along those lines. Those people need to kind of do the opposite of that. They need to, you know, just kind of reach forward, 
touch their toes kind of thing, let their lower back round, do some of like a, what they'll call a child's pose where you just kneel on the ground and then kind of sit on your heels and reach forward. Those are the people that, yeah, sure. You look like a frog, honestly. Like if you're doing it like, like I mean, (laughs) rude, but no, (laughs) no, I'm just saying when you're in that position correctly, you kind of look like a frog, except like you, uh, you know, because you are sitting on your heels back and usually um, hands like forward, you know, yes almost like begging like hands all completely forward uh on the ground and actually if you extend out and arch your back down it okay (laughs) it it it, it pulls a little more into your shoulders i stopped don't make that face you get it you get a a better stretch in your in your lats that way which is again that's another thing that anybody who Again, that someone who stands all day is probably somebody who could stand to stretch their their hamstrings out, just because they're 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 not on slack all day like somebody who sits. Um, and I'm not unless... even gonna lie; like if somebody can put mm-hmm. a little bit of weight on your back, it also feels really good. Like if some like if you have a small child or at least somebody that can put all the pressure on your back, it also helps. Like even though you're arching into it, it just feels relaxing. Anyway. We played the disclaimer before this episode, right? Yeah, we played this disclaimer before everybody. Just, just there, making sure. I make sure, unless it's a weird blurb, that it's always on every episode. I promise you. Okay. Um, Please contact your physician before doing anything that I say. Please. Anyway, go ahead. But that's, I mean, pretty much anybody, unless it is literally your job to put your arms over your head all day, people do not raise their, their arms up overhead. I mean, mm-hmm. in theory, your shoulder has the ability to flex or raise up 180 degrees where it would be in a straight line in line with the rest of your body. You're, if you look, if you raise up both your arms overhead as high as you can, and you look to the side, your, I mean, your, your bicep should be right next to your ear. The amount of people who do not have full range of motion in their shoulders at you know, obviously it happens more as we age and people are like, oh, that's because I'm getting old. And I'm like, no, because it's been longer and longer since you did that. Mm-hmm. And if the people who aren't strength training and pressing overhead and things like that, doing pull-ups, um, you start to lose that range of motion. Some of it is the motion in your, we mentioned earlier, the, the, the thoracic spine should be able to extend back. Um, but there's tightness in your lats that you mentioned. Um, tightness in your chest and shoulders and you lose the ability to bring your arms overhead that's another time where i see people get a lot of shoulder pain is they get a you know they have great intentions they're going to go into the gym i'm going to start working out i'm going to do this shoulder press machine or dumbbells or i'm going to get wild and try to throw a barbell up even though i haven't worked out in 20 years and they're forcing their body into range of motion that they don't have and they're doing it with weight. And so that becomes a problem very quickly because there's a lot of sensitive, can be sensitive structures in the shoulder in particular. And if you're forcing it into range of motion that it wasn't ready for, that stuff's gonna get sore. That's when people run and get an MRI and they find stuff that was already there. That's my soapbox. And they're like, oh, we should we should cut you open and fix that thing that's been there for 20 years, but um, not just, you know, 
get your motion in your shoulders back to normal and have you lift weights in the way that you were intended to. But don't get cut open. Don't get cut open unless it's a last resort. There are times when it's a good thing, but. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, sorry, that was, as you were talking, I was like, that's usually when I do dead, dead hangs, which is, you know, find a, uh, um, pull up machine or whatever, put the assist the weight down and just hold on as much as you can. I always try to like make it 30 seconds. Like <laughs> I'm like, and the thing is I always play the scenario, like if I'm hanging off a building and I have to use my hands to stay on till somebody can, you know, get to me, like I want to be able to at least last 30 seconds, <laughs> like at least, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, no, that's a good, that's a good strength measure. Dead hang's a good one to work on grip strength, but it's also a very good shoulder stretch if your shoulders tolerate it. Mm-hmm. If they're, if they're, and that's a little bit of, I mean, to kind of cap off that, that subtopic, I would say if you, if people are looking for what stretches should I be doing on a regular basis, in general, I would say, look at your job because that's probably the thing you spend the biggest part of your day doing and how do I move or what position am I in for my job and reverse that essentially so if you're bent forward all day at your job bend back if you're bent back all day at your job bend forward I don't know anybody that really (laughs) depends on what you do for a living but um but really if you sit all day you should stand more if you stand all day you know sit and stretch stretch your legs a little more kind of thing but most people are not reaching fully overhead in their job so that's definitely something everybody could use most people are stiff in their mid back um so i mean i would say anybody if you're if you're got that go ahead and look up uh it's it's a it's called an open book um or a if you want to get fancier it's a quadruped thoracic rotation uh those two things are not the same thing but they're reasonably close um spell you can it. look those up on youtube hmm? spell it the whole thing? no no I'm not doing that. just every once in a while when you say something i'm just like spell it if you google it and get reasonably close you'll find it if you can't then then do open book if you can't spell that i, I worry um i don't know how you found are, this pod- podcast if you can't spell open book to be fair <laughs> yeah there's more letters in the name of the podcast than that exercise so. yeah but anything to loosen up the the mid back the thoracic spine that's where most people are stiff because it's the part of your body you can get away with not moving the most for the majority of things people do mm don't know what it works but like uh one of my favorite is actually the runner's lunge the one where you like um you know not necessarily in a uh uh, splits but like you throw your uh, throw one leg back as far as you can you know bent at the bent knee lean all the Mm -hmm. way forward that's one of my favorites and uh, usually it's like even better if you can like a really deep lunge Mm-hmm, an extremely okay. deep lunge but mm-hmm. uh it's even better if you can like and it of course depends on your your uh flexibility if you can like lean your uh, down to your elbows like that's mm-hmm. usually one of my favorite like just getting all things stretched i'm pretty sure it's mostly like again your thighs and all that that it's mo- that it's i mean that's a, that's a pretty out, good one but... to hit a lot of things in the lower body as I mean as long as you know it kind of stretches the front of one leg and the back of the other leg and then you switch and 
moves your mm. hips pretty well. And if you're one of those people who gets in that position and kind of does the twist and reach one hand up to the ceiling, well, that's that's a thoracic rotation. So you kind of got that covered. I was gonna if say you only did little... one stretch, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, I feel like it's like in the same family of like, uh, uh, was it was it pigeon or whatever, where you like um, hands, uh, lower body completely like relaxed, hands, uh, your arms locked out, you should be like stretching your chest up kind of thing. Usually that's like more of a back back bending thing. But I, I feel like it's in the same family. Cobra. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I told you, I, I know, I already began with like, I don't know the names of these other than like possibly like in the general Yin vicinity. You usually mm-hmm. can correct me here. We won't go out, you know, handpicking stretches for people, but I would say in, in general, yeah, if you're looking for what should I do to maintain my my mobility as just a, you know, a lay person, again, figure out what positions you spend most of your time in and reverse out of them would be the biggest thing. Mm. Um, we talk a little bit more about mobility specifically, um, and come at it from a, a physical therapy lens as there's when we look at mobility is like what is going to limit somebody's ability to perform a motion um and i think like raising your arm all the way overhead is is just fine and we tend to look at it from a couple different things i mean is the all all motions are going to involve a joint uh, whether it's a ball and socket whether it's a hinge joint that kind of thing there's a lot of different types of joints in the body but if the joint is stiff um and so you see a lot of people doing um, mobilizing themselves with with heavy exercise bands, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of times in, in the clinic, we, we do that hands-on to people. You can mobilize a joint. And if there's a lot of stiffness in there because it just hasn't moved, a lot, when you move a joint, it moves in, you know, if it's a knee, it, it bends and straightens. But there's also some kind of sliding and gliding of your your upper and lower leg bones on each other as you're doing that. And if that play in the joint to slide is not there you're going to get stiffness you're going to get limited range of motion um and so that's that's probably the first thing to address but i mean as as someone who's just kind of doing this on their own i mean that's a little tougher to do that's where you'd probably need the eyes and or hands of a qualified professional um don't let somebody who's doesn't have a license to put their hands on you put their hands on you because trainers do it sometimes and they shouldn't um Friends, but anyway, don't let friends do something stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Don't, don't let friends do stupid things to you. That's that's a good rule in general. I mean, um, but then you know it comes down to um, a soft tissue limitation, which is typically a muscle, and whether that muscle needs to be stretched or I'm 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 going to say I'm doing air quotes. I'm not even doing them anymore because no one can see them. But uh, released in some way. Oh, um, I see. If, I'm nobody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you probably knew that. I know. <laughs> you can, and that's where um, certain types of massage or foam rolling, if you put pressure on a muscle, it will quote unquote release and relax some. And part of that is because you're literally squashing that muscle, you're compressing it, and you're depriving the tissues of oxygen. Which, if a muscle is tight in a spasm kind of thing, if you deprive it, they call it an ischemic compression. You're, you're sort of forcing some relaxation to it. Um, 
theoretically by depriving it of oxygen that lets the muscle fire. But in reality, you're probably just giving it a pressure input, which makes your nervous system relax. Either way, it can help you if you have muscles that feel like they're literally going to cramp when you stretch them. You might look into something like that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know, I, I know, especially in this episode alone, we've kind of covered that I am not the person to, you know, give everybody advice. But if you have $20 to spare, don't take $20 from your gas tanks. Just, I'm just saying $20 to spare, a foam roller or a stretching band is easily accessible, like on Amazon or at the store. Um, I also recommend the massage gun. And the only reason I point these out is because as, you know, as humans, we walk on our feet. Most of us walk on our feet most of the time. Um, that uh, muscle between like your lower back and your calf will always get tight. I think that's like one of the few things that always like, I'm doing a motion and I know he's like looking at me real weird, but it's like, it, it's always- Are you talking about your hamstring? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't necessarily like, feel like i went on a weird tangent but (laughs) on the other end (laughs) find it um but that one always for for anybody whether it man woman child uh old young that's one of the few muscles that need constant attention for being and i know it's like we kind of said those stretches in your hips and your back that'll like that's the one you probably have to take the most time to concentrate on um just throwing that out there no matter what you're doing whether it's crossfit boxing kickboxing lifting please concentrate on that one because that's gonna it's gonna affect everything you do just saying and i would yeah most uh little little flourish there that was good Sorry, I do hand motions. I know nobody can see it, see it, and I probably do it more to just get Tim to laugh. But still, <laughs> but I mean, when when done correctly, most athletic activities are posterior chain dominant. The posterior chain is just everything on the back of your body. It's your calves, it's your hamstrings, your your back, your glutes, your shoulder blades. And so, oh, if you're doing sorry. anything, that's I was gonna say it also hurts to to do that. Like that's the reason why. I also, like like. If you're like getting deep into that muscle or into the hamstrings and all that, usually if you haven't hit it in a while, it's it's gonna hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just home rolling's not comfortable. It's not. <laughs> but it, I mean, that's also, I guess, on some level, it's also a sign that you're you're actually getting it versus like, you know, just rolling out your butt, which is very just weird. <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's some, the, the glutes need some love too with the foam roller sometimes, but yeah. um, so we've got joint uh, joint mobility that can limit your uh, your mobility. We've also got soft tissue flexibility uh, or mobility extensibility is a better word, um, but also your your nerves can limit your body's range of motion. So without getting too deep into the anatomy of it. Most people have heard of like sciatica. You've got a sciatic nerve, which is a big old nerve that comes out of your lower back, runs down through through your butt, goes down the back of your leg, hamstring, calf, all the way down to your foot. Um, if that nerve is angry or doesn't move well, and you have limited nerve mobility, a lot of times people keep 
hammer in their hamstrings when really that's kind of what's going on. And it, it's a different, it's a different kind of sensation when you're stretching a nerve and that's the limiter versus a muscle. Um, you'll get kind of this tingly sensation. Sometimes you'll feel like you're stretching something, but it doesn't really feel like it releases. Um, a lot of times trying to stretch a nerve, if you stretch it, it doesn't get better like a muscle does. It gets worse as you try to force it. Um, and there are, there are certain, maybe sometime on another podcast, if we, if we talk about like applications of this stuff, I'd get into how to assess that on your own, but, um, it's pretty complicated. There are, there are assessments you can do in a clinic or a gym and figure out, okay, is this the nerve, the tight thing here? And there are things to do about it, but just like if your hamstrings always feel tight and you're stretching them, but every time you try to stretch them, your, your foot falls asleep, like you should probably go see somebody who, who has a, has a better eye on that. Uh, again, a licensed professional who can assess and, and give you some things to work on that. Because again, it's, if you're just stretching a nerve repeatedly, it tends to get more and more pissed off. Um, and that's not really what you want. You don't mm -hmm. want to make something painful that wasn't. So, Oh, I will say this and I'm going to insert this just randomly because I can. Um, sometimes it, I know like if you've had a like very intensive uh session and uh, or workout or even yoga or whatever um some of these things can be solved by a, like a really nice hot bath and epsom salts i'm not even gonna lie That's true. sometimes <laughs> you just need to relax yeah if you like and i know this this used to happen a lot um when i'd go when me and tim would have a session especially one that like you know was very intense and i was you know I'm trying to avoid any sort of innuendos here, I swear. But but it's like, <laughs> but it was more like uh, intense, more, um, you know, heart rate raising, whatever there. I'd come home, sit on the couch and like, just think about the pain I just put myself through. Um, and usually once I get, no, the thing is like, once I sit there, it was like, eventually it would be like well now my knees have locked up because i've just cooled down by sitting here for like 10 minutes 15 more i'm just picturing you in a bath like questioning your life decisions oh or... all the time that's that's literally where i question my life decisions <laughs> but um you know you know if you get stiff if you haven't stretched or if you haven't done anything like after these intense mo uh, these intense sessions and then mm -hmm. you know you're stiff i no longer want to get up and go up my up the stairs to to uh, wherever i am sweaty it's gross and i now want to do something that's gonna be helped by stretching and or just taking a hot bath just saying, you don't have to spend the $20 on uh, these fun little doodads to help you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that's kind of what we're boiling down to is, I mean, you don't have to stretch. You do have to move and you've got to do something. You can move. I mean, the most common like way to move your body for a recovery fashion is stretching. And there's nothing wrong with that. We you know, they'll call it a, in the CrossFit gym, they'll call it a mobility class in, or some people will go to yoga or they'll go for even a walk. I mean, that, 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 that hits a little differently, but moving your body, we've talked about, you know, kind of the two day cycle of soreness after a hard workout. Um, 
you're going to maybe start to feel it the next day. And then people just kind of that are new to fitness will back off, but you're really going to feel it the next, next day. You're better off doing something that'll kind of take the edge off, whether that's stretching, whether that's a hot bath, that kind of thing. Oh, and drink water. Drink your water. Drink your fucking water. Definitely Put your do as away. I said. Drink your fucking water. <laughs> We're back to that. Yes. Put your shit away. At, in, in, especially at the gym, but at every party, put your shit away and drink water. That that'll Absolutely. probably make things easier. And especially if you don't have to trip over mm-hmm. anything in your house because you put your shit away, that might help your mobility and flexibility. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of the the last piece we we've circled to it a couple times, but never really really finished it. If people want to get more flexible or not feel tight all the time and this works with any any joint any muscle in the body or any it's probably easier to think of it in terms of movements but we think about like the calves and the hamstring those are the people that come in their, their back hurts and it's usually why they're they're showing up and they're like but my hamstrings they're tight they're always tight i can't touch my toes kind of thing and you know we want to see do they have problems with mobility in their nerves uh, or the mobility in their joints. Usually with like bending forward, touching your toes kind of thing, it's not a joint stiffness thing. It is the the muscles on the back of the body, the calves and the hamstrings and the glutes, sometimes the back muscles themselves, but those are the people that stretch. They stretch a lot. That that first type of person, I my hamstrings are tight, so I have to stretch them. Someone told me that when I was 12 and I stretch my hamstrings every day. They never get any better, but I still feel like I should be doing it. I'm like, okay, well, why are they always tight? You stretch them, they're tight. You stretch them, they're tight. They're tight in a lot of cases because they're weak, you know, and they're those muscles are basically holding you upright and they're not very strong and they're kind of holding on for dear life, especially if people have weak, weak glutes, uh, the next... There's a lot of there's a lot of cases of no acetal out there, and those people really. I've never heard that in my life. You're welcome, but usually, you know, the glutes are not strong. The hamstrings are always tight. They're kind of paying the price. This is kind of just a, a stereotypical example. There's nuance that goes into every person being a little different, but their back hurts. Their back hurts. Their back's probably also not strong but their glutes are not strong and their hamstrings are also not strong. So nothing on the backside of the body is all that strong. And those are the muscles you're asking to hold you up all day long. They get from going forward. Yeah. I mean, people take it to an extreme and say, you know, your, your glutes aren't activating or they're not firing. I'm like, well, they're firing or you'd be laying on the floor. Right. You wouldn't be able to stand upright, but they're not strong. And over a long period of time or, you know, if you climb a lot of stairs or go on a hike or something like that, you're you're hurting because they don't have that capacity. And that the hamstrings, you know, people, my back hurts, my glutes are weak. They don't say that. They get told that. Um, and their hamstrings are tight. You know, that you go to, that's part of the, you know, movement assessment for somebody is, you know, okay, can you, can you touch your toes? Can you bend forward? How much does your back move? How much do your, your legs stretch? That kind of thing. 
and they get about halfway down and they just stop and they're like, it doesn't go any further. And that is, that is your body putting the brakes on you because your, your nervous system says, Hey, I know all this shit on the backside of you is not very strong. If I let you bend all the way over, you might not get back up kind of thing. It's a protective response. And if you give those people a weight, I mean, don't necessarily try this at home. Like I can't bend forward. Oh, we'll pick up 50 pounds and then try to bend forward. Like don't, don't do that. But, but if you, I've given these people and shown them, you know, proper deadlifting technique, a, a hip hinging technique that's going to load the glutes and the hamstrings appropriately, give them some weight and, and have them do 10, 15 reps of a hip hinge. All of a sudden they can bend further down. The, the body is kind of the nervous system has been activated. Did, did they get stronger in that 10 minutes? No, but the, the nervous system feels safer to go through that range of motion because you, you've kind of owned it now. And that was, that's circling back to, you know, how much motion do you have versus how much can you control? Well, you've sort of developed an ability to control more of the motion you have available. Suddenly your body will unlock it for you um, and let you actually bend further down. And that's so when people have said, you know, what is the best stretch for tight hamstrings? It's, it, it's, it's, it's a deadlift. It's a deadlift with a slow eccentric or a slow lowering of the weight back down. I mean, if you, one of those people who, unless it's a max, if you pick up a deadlift and then you just throw it on the ground or you drop it and you never lower it slowly, you're, you're kind of missing out. There's a time and a place to do that. But if you want to get your tight hamstrings to feel less tight, odds are you've probably tried stretching them and a new and different or better stretch is not going to help. You need to get them stronger. You need to get them stronger through the lengthening portion, which is in a deadlift, lowering the weight to the floor. Mm. And then they won't feel tight because you control the motion that you have now and your body's not always trying to pull the e-brake every time you lean forward. Yeah, we don't want to drive on the e-brake again. No. <laughs> So I guess, and I know I, I said this for stretching and I know it's not, you know, like you said, it's not the same thing. So when it comes to mobility, like, and I, again, all of these things are not, you know, they're not, uh, uh, type a, not everybody's going to be able to do them, but like, what is like one of, you know, your top three mobility movements? I know like uh, bear crawling is usually something that, uh, that, I've got get told all the time to do or um now my brain's like forgetting the uh, what it's called but it's like um take it I, I I'll think of it in a minute I'll Say think like of the huh like a downward dog no I mean because uh, that was I'm, a complete blind guess but... that was a blind guess and that was definitely not what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> But like, uh, uh, or even like walkout push-ups, where you go from literally um, like, uh, a, like an inchworm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, downward dog and inchworm hit very similar thing. I kind of went off bear crawl there, but yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean, that's a good. Uh, an inchworm is a is a great example. You you lean forward, you put your hands on the floor, you kind of walk your hands forward until you're in a plank, and depending on how you're doing it, you could walk backwards on your hands or you walk forwards on your feet and walk your feet back up to your hands and stand up again i was gonna say um, part of the, the the key part of that is to stand back up i've yes. i do know that 
<laughs> no matter what you do, whether you inchworm out with your hands or, you know, walk yourself back up, you do have to stand fully up. Don't, um, I usually say the trick, like, look up at the ceiling just to, like, make sure you're fully standing all the way up. <laughs> I'm just super hesitant from years of doing it to give specific stretches. But if you want, like, categories and body regions to move, I would say everybody needs to get their arms up over their head regularly as high as you can. Um, uh, actually, in, in, like an inchworm walkout does that. I think mm -hmm. that's that's actually a really good one. It does get some hamstring stretch. Um, I think I'm more you... just giving examples of ones that you and I have done, like mm -hmm. just to like, you know, not necessarily, again, you should, if, <laughs> if you're taking advice of this, you should be talking to either a fitness professional you've already worked with or, um, you know, somebody you trust that knows your body to, uh, before you attempt any of these, or, I mean, if you want to test them out to see how you feel, go ahead. Um, but I'm just saying like for, and I meant that before, and maybe I wasn't clear enough, which totes happens, but, um, like these are things that like you and I have done and that we found mm -hmm. pro not progress, like, uh, uh, um, help me out. Words are hard. <laughs> um, success with or um, success yeah sure success we'll go with that one <laughs> much success yes um but no if if, if you want to say the low-hanging fruit that most people need to do they need to get their arms fully overhead they need to stretch their calves because most people their calves are crazy tight and they don't know it. And if you think you're stretching your calves, I'd say 90% of the people are not doing it correctly. Um, mm -hmm. Make sure your foot and your leg are pointing the same way. People are kind of standing. They're either putting their toes up on the wall and stretching their calf. Don't do that. You're stretching your foot more than your calf. If you're trying to stretch your foot, go for it. Um, but you kind of get that's, yourself that's one where you like you angle your foot up on the wall and then you kind of pull your body as close to the wall as you can right mm -hmm. but your toes if you have flexible toes which most people do your toes and the muscles in the bottom of your foot are going to take most of the hit and your calf's not going to get that stretched but that does work if you do have like your arches get tight which was a definitely yeah. a thing for me <laughs> it's, it's it's a better stretch for your feet i would say mm. um your standard calf stretch you're going to kind of stand in a a lunge stance, you know, one foot in front of the other. If people, if you want to put your hands on a wall or something, you can do that. You're going to, on the back leg, that's the leg you're going to stretch. You're going to make sure that your foot is not pointing out to the side, which again, that's where 90% of people go wrong. They go to stretch their calf and that foot turns out, which is what happens when your calves are tight and mm -hmm. people start walking around with duck feet and it's hard to fix. So you want to turn that toe point your foot straight at the wall. If you're using a wall, maybe even slightly inward, you're going to make sure your heel stays on the ground, your whole foot stays flat on the ground, and then you're going to lean forward as far as you can. If you don't feel a calf stretch at all with that, um, you probably don't need to stretch your calves, but I would say most people do. A deep side lunge. Why not? No, I was going to say, I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying to picture it. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm working with you here. <laughs> the forward lunge. Yeah. Um, um, and then the last one would be to get that, that mid back thoracic spine unlocked, which is usually some sort of extension over a foam roller. We talked about like the school desk kind of thing. That's a perfect example. Um, the middle back and upper back, not, not so much the lower back with that, although you can, 
and something that's a, a rotation, that's where, again, I would say look up um, an open book mm. or a quadruped thoracic rotation. Um, and there's probably 10 ways to do each of those. They will all be fine. Um, you will probably find your stiffer going one way than the other. Make sure you breathe. Um, but those are the big ones. In general, it's, it's very personalized um, what people are going to see benefits from what flexibility movements. But in general, I mean, you're, you're not going to hurt yourself either if you're doing something that's not the, the quote unquote right movement for you. As long as you don't dive in with both feet and 50 pounds on it, like you're, you're going to be fine. But you also, if, if you're doing the movement and you feel like you are doing it correctly and you're not feeling anything stretch, that's not necessarily that you need to like do it more or push further into the movement or anything like that. You're probably just kind of good on that one, at least on a, you know, on a day-to-day basis, unless someone has assessed you and said it's limiting your, your mobility in an athletic movement or something you need to do. There's a lot of people who, I mean, even people who are very well versed in exercise, a lot of athletes and and CrossFitters and and strength athletes I've worked with that are just would swear to the end of the earth that their hips are problem and they want all these hip mobility drills and it's their ankles are tight or something else that's making them move in a way that's putting so much demand on their hips whenever they squat or certain movements all they feel is their hips when yes, you are one of them. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was going to ask a question. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Tight, tight ankles in a squat will absolutely make you squat differently and they will make you feel your hips way more. And people are like, my hips are tired and cranky and achy. Um, you need to open up some ankle range of motion and you can move a little differently, take some stress off your hips. But Again, a lot of times where you're feeling something is not where the issue is, and that's where it's a good uh, case to get assessed. sit into a like a long uh deep squat and you just instead of like really moving from there you just lean down and touch knee to the ground and back no am i you're giving me a weird look and i don't like it do you deep squat and touch your knees to the no, ground? no 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 so it's like you without putting keeping upper body straight you you essentially go down into a deep squat where basically your butt hits your or your ankle and you lean forward no Am I just, I'm not making this shit up. You, you lean your, your knee, you lean your knee forward to, uh, to touch the ground. And sometimes even people do it like, so you touch down and then you do it, you go into a, uh, a step. So then you bring your one foot forward at a 90 degree and lean forward till you touch your knee to the ground. No. Okay. Whatever. I'm going to look it up. You're giving me weird looks. <laughs> it's like, one of, like, send me that one. 
We'll 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 throw it on the front end of the next podcast because I'm very curious what this is now. I'm I'm gonna see, like here's the thing you're you're gonna I'm gonna find it and you're gonna be like you're an idiot. <laughs> I would never say that while we're recording. You wouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Both Sides of Fit. If you enjoy our content, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Play, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Both Sides of Fit or contact us with comments, feedback, or suggestions at Both Sides of Fit Pod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy.